and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Manhattan, directed by Woody Allen, starring Woody Allen and Diane Keaton. Uh, my name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? It's been a long time, and it feels good to be back. It is. It the, uh, You know, just getting in front of this mic again, I gotta tell you, it, it was a war. It was like, it was just a battle to get here and start recording again. You know, I was talking the last few episodes that I was moving. As you can see, I'm completely well unpacked if you're watching on video not at all it's a complete mess in my room still um but it has been a battle to get the internet and even so when we were recording my internet is still garbage even though i'm paying for it um but cameron i am very busy a little stressed but very happy to be here I'm recording i think it, I'm, I'm excited to be hanging out with you at least for this brief time yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like super busy. I think I I worked uh I think I'll probably be working like 20 days uh f- from like last Monday to like this when I I go on vacation. So basically up until then I'm working every day. So <laughs> It's kind of insane. I I um yeah, I I haven't really stopped working uh which is great for me, I guess, but also I, I can't wait to go skiing and relax. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually traveling for business tomorrow, Cameron, surprisingly. Wow. I was going to be... Um, hey, me too. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I, I was going to be uh, just going down to Los Angeles to pick up Jules. She's doing like a bunch of different studio work. And she was actually doing a video shoot, which came together last minute with, a, with this director guy that... I don't know. Like it's, I mean, she paid okay money for it. Um, she basically couldn't afford this guy and he was like, I'll do it anyways. Um, but I think it's going to be cool just for you movie fans. You know, if you ever want to check out this video, they tried to recreate the scene where he falls backwards in inception into the bathtub. And that was traumatic for my girlfriend. So, uh, they, (laughs) and they did it, they did it with the pool that was freezing in the morning. So, Right. Probably, I'm I'm assuming DiCaprio had like nice warm water for that shot, so he could just focus on the acting, right? Maybe, who knows? Or it was a body double. True. Anyways, um, I am going down there to. I, this is just so weird for me to be talking about, but I was supposed to go down to just drive her up, and so that's why tonight I have so much crunch to do. Um, because uh, it was like, oh, it was kind of supposed to be time off, and then I suggested, hey, well, hey, what if there's a warehouse uh that has some of our products that we could shoot video at or or photos that i could go to and i didn't think they would take me seriously and then my work was like yeah there's like this one in ontario it's like pretty big um and i didn't realize how big it was it's like one of the major um cold storage facilities for my work not that it matters that much but i just don't know what to expect i mean i got a rental car and everything i'm like what the heck what the heck is this i've never i've never i've never done a business trip like that so um, I'm trying to prep for that and yeah, life, life is just wild. Where are you traveling, Cameron? Oh, I'm just, I, it was kind of a joke because I always travel for work. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going up to Petaluma tomorrow and luckily I was able to snag my, so I'm working with a real estate company, um, pretty closely and, um, sort of the person I'm directly working with, he's got a, um, an Airbnb in, uh, in, Bodega Bay. So 
um, I'm just going to stay over there because nice. I, I have two days of work and then I'm going to shoot something for them up there, uh, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, it feels, feels good. I definitely, um, you know, I mean, Petaluma is a long drive, but, um, I, I, I normally just drive it, uh, every day, but it'll be nice to just relax, you know, yeah. relax for the evening. No, definitely. Definitely. Uh, that would be cool. Cameron, have you been, um, watching anything in our, in our long break? since posting um oh yeah i know right yes i have a couple things um so me and juzo went and saw um it's called uh the beatles get back um and uh it is a mini series uh directed by uh peter jackson but he shortened it into actually it was just the last episode of the mini series but he p- put it out for one day only one screening only in IMAX and me and Jesus were able to catch that, uh, a couple weeks ago and it was amazing. It was literally transcendent. Best thing I've seen probably, um, definitely last year. It was the best thing I saw. I, you know, I, the best 2021 thing I've seen. Um, yeah, really, really excellent. I, I think you, you watched a little bit of that, didn't you? Yeah, I was. Uh, I watched some of it on Disney Plus because you can watch the whole miniseries there, and just the unbelievable, like audio work and restoration of film. It's just, it's, it's actually like it doesn't even make sense. It, it feels yeah, like it's awesome. You're watching alien footage. Uh, somehow <laughs> there were like microbots that went back in time and filmed. Um, you know, Lennon. Uh, it's just and McCartney. It's just, I don't know. I don't know how they. I, I actually don't know how they did that. I, I could have swore they did yeah. overdubbing or something, but no, I, I mean, I think they recorded all the sound back then cause they, they were making a film. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean the, the, the visuals of it were really, really amazing. Um, I was, I was telling Juzo afterwards, I was like, it's probably better. Like seeing it at an IMAX like that is probably better than actually being there. <laughs> Um, hmm. because it was so incredible. You saw it from like every single angle. Right. Um, you, you get the whole picture of what's going on. It was just awesome. And there's, there's even something like dramatic about the story of like that day, you know, the rooftop concert. Um, I'm sure people have seen, uh, some of the rooftop concert before, uh, but probably haven't heard the story behind it or, you know, seen what was, was what was going on. And they, it was, yeah, it was just so well done. So I watched that. Um, and then last night I started watching the movie Downfall. Uh, do you know about this movie? No, no. Um, you probably do. It's, it's, there's a very famous meme about uh, Hitler yelling um, at, his, at his officers. But, oh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, so it's about the, the final days of Hitler. I got about an hour in, but um, I was pretty tired after, after editing. So I, I've not gone back to it yet. But um, yeah, pro- I'll probably finish it. And hopefully uh, me and Juzo can set up a time to go see Jackass because uh, that's, that's next on the docket and I can't wait for that. So, Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good things about that film. I, I feel like... I don't know. I I know that there was a pretty big cult following in the early 2000s or mid 2000s with Jackass, but I I don't know. Like I just hear that the this movie is the best it's been mm. since the series kind of kicked off. So, a couple people, my sister went and saw it actually. Um and she was like, "Yeah, I was surprised. It was kind of 
it was it was better than I than most of the ones I've seen in that series. So um, <laughs> I'm sure that they they go over the top because it's supposed to be the last one with the original team, right? Yeah, so. minus a couple people, but uh, yeah, basically the original team. Yeah. Well, I have not been watching too much with the move. Um, surprisingly, I've been on a tv binge thing i don't know what it is it's like because i have so much work to do in the evenings it's like i want to turn on something that i can like not pay attention to so it's been it's been actually really really nice i've um watched a little bit of the mandalorian with glenn which i was pretty attentive for and then because we were in the star wars mood we started watching some of the clone wars series which is for me still such a difficult show to recommend uh, even though there's so, like Tim, there's just so much good stuff in in that in that um, TV show. If you're a Star Wars fan, like it, a lot of it is like a dream come true. I think. Um, and if you grew up like our age, where you grew up with the prequels, like it really does them justice. But it's a difficult show to recommend because there's so much crap in it. There's so much like children. <laughs> we need to find Padme's birthday cake episodes, and you're just like. I can't tell anyone about this. I can't tell anyone to watch this, but there are some lists that exist online. If you're interested, um, that really tackle some of the cool, the cooler storylines, I would say like it actually gets into the galactic politics in a way that's like, fa- like, like there, there are moments that are very like, um, power struggle in, I don't know. They're surprisingly deep for, a kid like i guess what you would consider like a kid teenage show right um yeah i just watched there's a, a short storyline about um kind of like a struggle for power on mandalore and there's like different factions with different interests and stuff and it just it sets it up so well in a 20 minute episode and follows it up stronger and stronger like it's just it's cool and the finale of the show is is fantastic uh if you if if you're into that sort of thing and then because we've just been watching too much Star Wars, um, I had to watch Revenge of the Sith last night. Uh, I know I was sending you pictures of it, Cameron. Yeah. I have no idea what it is about this movie, but I, w- I was talking to Juzo too and some of the group texts, and I was just saying like, man, the, the sc- it, this is some of John Williams' best work. The score for Revenge of the Sith is is beyond the scale of the movie, and it really brings it to the next level even to the points in the film that you remember that are like kind of nostalgic. Cause I think revenge of the Sith is a really weird, like tragedy film and it's not very good at anything, which is, which is, <laughs> which is like, but it's trying to do so many different things and somehow it kind of gels together more than any of the other prequels. Um, I feel like that is unanimously the most popular prequel film. Um, yeah, definitely. It just, it's, it's so, um, it's interesting to watch it with a, almost like fresh eyes of like, I've seen a lot, a lot more movies and there are things in this film that are kind of blocked by bad performances or a bad script and everything else around it is at such high excellence level. Um, there's actually some interesting videos about behind the scenes of Revenge of the Sith, there's like, you can basically watch them make the entire movie. Uh, they filmed like everything that they did, basically. So anyways, really fun to revisit that. I had a blast watching it again. Got a little emotional 
with Order 66. So good. So good. Um, and then my background show of choice lately has been the animated series Avatar Last Airbender. I just watch the same stuff over and over again. Not sure why. Um, the show's great. Season two is The Empire Strikes Back for that show. Um, if you haven't seen it, you can get through season one and feel like, why am I doing this? And then just there's only three seasons. Come on. It's, 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 I think it's fantastic. So yeah, uh, a bunch of TV and revenge of the Sith. What's yeah. What's the deal? Um, but <laughs> this is cinema spectator, not a TV show, but a movie podcast. You can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS productions, throw a couple dollars our way, get exclusive benefits. Uh, honestly, I feel weird shilling because we haven't done any exclusive benefits for the Patreons lately. Um, with the episodes, but some content is coming, right, Cameron? Hopefully, we're we're on it. We're on it. <laughs> There's some content coming for the patrons, but you can get other benefits like writing in questions. If you subscribe at the five dollar level, uh, stuff like that is great because no one writes in questions, and you can have your voice heard on a show that like six people listen to. I'm just kidding. We have more listeners than six people. Um, not many more. Eight. <laughs> okay more like 10 all right no uh but yeah if you don't have a few dollars we get it it's cool uh you can just give us a rating or tell friends and family help the show grow all that stuff helps cameron we are launching into february even though we're a little late what are we talking about this month yeah uh so we are talking about we're diving into some romantic movies uh, i would say rom-coms specifically um, this is an area where I'm not super comfortable with, um, not in terms of like a, Ooh, yucky girly movies or anything, but I'm more, more like, I just, I just haven't watched all that many. Um, I, you know, I've seen mean girls and Heather's, uh, and that's pretty much it. I, I really haven't seen that many rom-coms. Um, and so in my, we're, we're going to sort of, I think, go back and forth between the two of us to talk about sort of you know, maybe not our knowledge of rom-coms, but, but just discuss the importance of, of romantic movies. Um, and so I think, I think we'll both get a chance to sort of pick a couple movies. Um, for this week, I picked a movie called Manhattan by Woody Allen. Um, to me, you know, I know a lot of people love Annie Hall. A lot of people love, um, uh, Midnight in Paris. Um, you know, there's, uh, he kind of has, has, I would say he's the most uh, refined, I guess, or artistic rom-com dealer. Uh, but in a lot of ways, his movies are very stereotypical in terms of how they're structured and sort of what they what they accomplish. Um, but in terms of, I would say, like interactions between people, um, making sort of fun of the the characters, making fun of himself. Um, and making fun of sort of the situations that they're in. Also, the the sort of personal interactions that he shows on screen. I think he really does a, a great job. Um, and he, he makes all of his characters hateable and also likable at the same time, um, which I think is a little bit um, unique in, in the rom-com genre. You, normally, you kind of you kind of want to root for someone. Um, I don't think you really do root for any of anyone in his movies. Um but uh, it kind of works anyways, uh, and at least for me. So um, 
yeah, so Manhattan, I you know I picked this one because it's a it's a favorite of mine uh, of his catalog. I wouldn't say I'm like a huge Woody Allen person. Juzo is much more. Uh, he's seen all of Woody Allen's films and you know loves loves his stuff. But um, for me, yeah, Manhattan is is definitely up there. Um, just because it's it's one just absolutely gorgeous as a movie, and two, I think it's um, it strikes a great balance of being funny and uh, interesting. So um, the movie is about people in Manhattan who are constantly creating neurotic problems for themselves because it keeps them from dealing with more unsolvable, terrifying problems about the universe, um, which is a line in the movie. Um, so it, it's, it's a little, it's a little self-aware there, but um, yeah, it's about, it's about a group of people in Manhattan who kind of bumble their way through relationships in a terrible and self-serving way. Um, and in some ways it's, uh, sort of a critique of, of the, you know, the high end bourgeois, um, you know, the, the free flowing moralism. Um, but it's also, it's also, I think a character study about, um, people who are just kind of unsure about themselves. So, um, yeah, Isaac, what did you think? Yeah, this film was a little like different than what I would usually think about with a rom-com, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Going into this month, like the whole idea was like, okay, February romance, we should do, we should try to tap into something with that. But as, as Cameron and I were talking about what we wanted to do in February, we sort of realized, I think that like the conversation around rom-coms, at least for us, we were like, what, is there a rom-com that's like in the cinematic canon? Like, like kind of like a, you know, like the, like a cinephile's choice. Right. Or like, because, because the idea of like love and romance is usually explored as like a side note or a portion to like dig into like what it means to be human or something. Right. Love is in movies in a lot of different, in a lot of different genres. So what's, what's weird about approaching, um, the rom-com genre is that it kind of strips back like other themes or, or other like elements of a movie in some, in some kind of way, you know, it's, it's weird. Cause I was trying to think about like, what, what is what, like, honestly, I'm like, what is a rom-com I can recommend to Cameron that will impress him? Because you're, you are like a pretty, I feel like you're a pretty well-versed, um, movie guy, you know a lot about movies. So, anyways, getting back to Manhattan, this is the rom com. Like when I was watching, I was like, "Oh, this is like made for Cameron." That basically is how I felt. Like it's a very pessimistic, sarcastic, <laughs> and um, kind of like quirky film that's extremely self aware, and then it it has these small moments where it digs at like deeper, um ideas right yeah and it's all done through the lens of like a bunch of people who are intertwined in romantic relationships and they're messing up and cheating on each other and things like that like it's very like it's it's almost i don't know why i was thinking of this and maybe it was the way that some of the characters are written but like you know that and maybe it's because in manhattan uh, in new york city but like i was thinking about the tv show friends right and how this movie is like friends 
uh, if it was taken a lot more seriously, um, mm-hmm. but it was still trying to be funny, you know, like there's something yeah, about this yeah. movie that's like, um, it just adds this like top layer of like, why are we here in the universe? And at first it kind of plays with that idea as something really like, oh, you know, like this is our greatest fear. But as the movie goes on and on, you kind of realize that like, not only is that not a throwaway little like joke thing, but that's like the whole idea of the movie. Um, and so like, I, I just feel like this film really, it really doesn't like fit what I would call a rom, like a rom-com, you know, like, am I going to show this movie to like Juliana as like a romantic film? Like, would she love this? Absolutely <laughs> not. You know, um, what I think is interesting about this film is that I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it. Um, it was like a much better version of a film that we watched last year called I'm thinking of ending things um, where <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that, well, let me, let me explain, right? That movie I think kind of really wades into itself and it like, it's really lost in like, you know, this is a movie that has something to say and there's love and relationships and there's like getting old and getting young and kind of this existentialism where it's like, we are, why are, why are we here? What's happening? You know, um, where this movie kind of takes the more normal comedic approach with that, those conversations, but it's still kind of, it, it's, it's tapping into some of the same themes at least for me and in, in feeling um, where it's like you're, you're in this relationship, you're in broken relationships with people. And there's this um, realization that you're not quite sure why you're here and what you're supposed to be doing uh, um, amidst like all the, all the chaos of rela- human relationship. Right. And then there's, there's also love in both of those stories. Right. So, yeah, I don't I, I I after watching this film like for me, I was like I don't think this is really my cup of tea. But I got to give a little bit of credit to this movie cuz I don't know if I've seen a film approach something with like a realism but also a sarcastic undertone, but also like it's trying to say something and it's aware of how quirky it is. I don't know. It's it's a very um it's a very unique movie. Yeah. And it, well, I it would also, say that's a, t- that's a touch of Woody Allen of what he does basically. Um, and so that, that's, that's kind of why he, he's an interesting voice uh, for exactly those reasons. Um, yeah. And I, I, I will say like from the very beginning of this film, it, it makes you feel like it's iconic. It, it has this um, just power in the, in its opening moments where you're like, Whoa, like this is a, incredible tour of New York city and the feelings behind New York city in the voice of a writer kind of talking about the city. And it's, it's so close to being like too far on the nose. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so close. It's so close to being that point where you're like, okay, just shut up. You know, like, so like for me, I'm thinking of ending things. It felt like that movie was like the, (laughs) like movie writing p- 
torn for those writers, you know, where they're like, isn't this just so deep? Isn't this just so meaningful? And I know we disagree on that film. But for me, I was like, this is so like just rip my eyes out dialogue, you know, like where I'm like, it just will not end. And they think they're saying such deep things where this movie is like, it says so many deep things for just the right amount of time. And then it lightens it up and it moves on and it keeps moving. And the movie feels like it never really slows down from the opening moments to, to, to the end credits. I think well, I, f- I also, I, I also, before you move on, I also feel like, um, it, it is ironic in the way that it does um, the sort of grandiose statements and sort of yeah. you know how it how it treats itself, um, and I think it's aware of of sort of the ridiculousness um, and there's there's a, a level of irony there. But I think you're right in that it also is doing that. It is also touching on something that is um, you know maybe m- more um, more meaningful. And I kind of almost feel a little mixed about that, although I think it really works in this movie, obviously. But um, I, I think I'm a little mixed in the sense that, that I think this era is especially, and probably now as well, there's a sense that um, things that are important can only be tackled through, through a sense of irony um, and, you know, have to be, have to be almost handled with, with, you know, w- with like potholders and, you know, handled in the sense of, of like, oh, let's, Let's not step on any, on any toes. So let's you know drape it in a in a bath of of iver, or of irony, um, and I I don't think that's always true, but uh, I think in this case it it definitely does it right. Um, so yeah, I think where I'm a little conflicted about this film is when the credits rolled. I was kind of glad it was over. I don't know. I I think maybe it was just my state. Because I really do respect a lot of things that this movie is doing, but I I wasn't like over the moon about the film. And this is just like personal feeling. And it makes me feel like it, it's, it's hard with this movie because I feel like it's trying to be a movie that well, maybe maybe it's not. But I, I don't know. Like if, I feel like rom-coms are like such a great point of like conversation socially do you know what i mean like there's something about them that that is very like oh you know you could watch this rom-com or that rom-com and this movie like i feel like it's an interesting start to the month and i'm really excited to see like your thoughts on some of the movies i picked because um yeah we we definitely have uh some interesting ones cameron coming for you um but yeah, I mean, I really, I don't, I don't have very much to say about this film other than I was impressed with it's, it's, it's tone feels very unique. Now, can I, can we clear this up? Because I'm sorry if I'm dumb, but the lead actor, is that the director too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what he, I, yeah, I was like, I kind of figured like there that, I don't know why it just felt like his voice and his lead and it let's let's talk about let's talk about Woody Allen for a little bit cuz i don't know if i've ever seen a movie that he's in if i'm being honest um, um yeah i mean he was he was in several movies that he directed obviously um around this time period uh but he hasn't really been in any of his movies in a while he usually casts you know he's cast like Owen Wilson or other people kind of as the same voice of of his character. Hold Almost on, all of hold his Hold on a second. What? 
Hold on. Keep going. Keep going. I need to look something up. Well, I was going to say almost all of his movies kind of take this uh, formula in a lot of ways. Not maybe not this formula formula exactly, but deal with similar themes, deal with sort of and and they all have his voice as a deep presence in the movie throughout the movie. So. um, okay. Never Were mind. you going to bring up the fact that he's uh, he's he's the main character in the the movie Ants? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I knew I recognized his voice. Um, no, I'm I'm going to look up his discography right now, or not discography. His uh his his list of films, um, because I guess like now looking at this, I can see why he's. You put this in the rom-com month, right? Um, yeah, it seems like everything... Everything is very um, romance-focused a little bit. Yes, right? yeah. All of his movies are pretty much uh, romantic in that way. But, um, you know, I, I think um, I think this is very clearly a rom-com, although I'll take your point that it it maybe has a little bit of a different tone than a lot of rom-coms. Um, but I mean, I think of it's it's so it's kind of dumb because I I have a I have a very warped view of what a rom-com is. Um, and my my initial thought goes to screwball comedies, which is like the progenitor of rom-coms, which is about, you know, it's always a very strong centered lead um female who's who's very um you know f- usually usually very feisty and sort of fights back and um you know the the tension is between the male and the female character we've watched a couple of screwball comedies um uh bringing up baby specifically um is is one that that i think we both really liked um so i always think of those movies when it comes to rom-coms and then next after that i think of billy wilder movies which are also a lot of the times you know very classically rom-coms um mm. so i i i don't think of like when harry met sally or anything like that so i i know i'm i'm different than than most people i feel like but um i that's what i imagine when i get when when i think of this topic and you know, honestly, this this fits in very well with a movie like um, maybe not like bringing up baby, but maybe his girl Friday, um, which is very witty. It's very punchy in terms of the dialogue. It's a little bit less um, realistic and ironic. Uh, you know, it doesn't have that sort of groundedness that this movie does. Um, but really, I mean, it is it is it is extremely. Um, I, I don't know. It feels it, the the tone and the feel feelings of um, a lot of screwball comedies feel like this movie for sure. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to Woody Allen real fast because I don't know anything about him as a director. I thought I knew a movie by him, but I, I should have realized that was probably just too crude of a film uh, to be directed by him. Uh, what, what movie <laughs> were you thinking? I was thinking of the this movie called The Hall Pass. Have you seen that movie? No, <laughs> it's like uh, I don't I, I've seen it recently. It's pretty inappropriate, but it's with Owen Wilson. And it's basically about like these wives, uh, these husbands are like very horny and their wives are like, you know what? Like, just get it out of your system. You have like a week off to do whatever you want. And it's like a very like, I don't know. I actually I found the movie 
even though it was very inappropriate to be like kind of um kind of kind of deep you know kind of good i, I was surprised <laughs> by it so um okay. it, it, it kind of plays that idea out that's a um, farley brothers movie so yeah well it, it, it feels like it has a level of satire and kind of a darker edge to it um, but it, 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 I guess it's probably too hopeful for Woody, maybe a Woody Allen movie. I don't know. This one didn't really end. This one has a, I don't know. The ending of this film is, is a little bit like you should think that's kind of how it ends, you know, like it's sort of like it, it brings it all back to the, the ideas we've been talking about that the movie lands on early on in watching this film, you wouldn't think that those bigger themes about like why are we here and what's the point like you you wouldn't really realize that the movie is is tapping into those ideas it's really in its ending and that there's not really like a super happy resolution but really nothing catastrophic is happening as well it's kind of just more of like life's moving on and it's not great um, yeah, I mean it's all interpersonal. It, it nothing. Yeah. You're right that nothing uh, too terrible happens to anybody. Um, it, in the end, and and even sort of his own conclusion uh, is more of an introspective one and less of yeah. a true you know conclusion to the narrative or anything. Um, which I think it, I think it works well, uh, and I kind of like. I like I do like the fact that it's it's a little bit like self reflective and and turns yeah. the. Um, the element that sort of opens the movie as being, you know, maybe the, like a little raunchier and a little, um, you know, more grounded, um, it turns it into something that, that is actually, you know, a pretty good lesson, um, in a lot of ways. And I love, I always, when I think about this movie, I always think about that scene where he's yelling at his best friend, um, in the biology classroom and he's next to the ape. Um, and he's like going on and on about how he's, he's like, you know, how he, how he's just, uh, you know, basically like reacting to stimulus and how he's, how he's upset and, and stuff. Um, I, I think about that as sort of like a capstone moment in this, in this movie, um, in a lot of ways, because there's mm. something, there's something to it that, um, that rounds the whole, the, the, the end of, of the movie, which is like you said, sort of about, um, introspection and about coming to realize things about yourself, uh, is very different from this sort of midway climactic scene in, in a way between the two of them where he's very, um, <laughs> just responding on, on impulse in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and isn't really sure of what he's doing. And, and throughout the movie, you get the sense that he's kind of, he's, he's kind of entirely driven by, um, by impulsiveness and by a sense of, of, um, uh, sort of a sense of loneliness, but also a sense of not knowing what he, what he, what he really wants, not knowing how to decide what he, he wants for himself. Um, and in a way, you know, there's, there's, you know, when he, he quits his job very early in the, in the movie. And that's, that's kind of a, um, a seminal moment because he, you know, it shows off his, his deep impulsive desire to do something different than he's doing. Um, but it also, you know, it, it never really comes through in the end. And I think, I think ending with that as the overarching lesson, um, works pretty well for me. I, I like it. 
Um, yeah, Woody Allen as an actor on screen has so much charisma. Yes, um, yes. And 100%. I was I was really taken back by that because I like what you were saying earlier about this film never not really having any good people. You know, I mean, there's like the high school girl who's going off to college that's like kind of very innocent. Um, but yeah, it's like he's not a great guy and he's very like he, he's got he's got some darker edges to his character that are slowly unveiled throughout the film. But there's something like you just like him. I'm not entirely sure what it is. He's yeah. very he's he's surprisingly endearing um for who Definitely. he is in that world and i think that's just a testament i feel like some um some actors and actresses just have this ability to carry themselves um on screen and you just like you just love them no matter mm-hmm. what what they're doing um i think like for for me maybe it's been conditioned but like I don't know. Leonardo DiCaprio to me, I think is just like phenomenal on screen and it, he could be playing like almost any role. And I'm just like enamored by him. Right. <laughs> and there, there are so many actors and actresses like that. Um, and just recently, even, even uh, like, cause we watched the last duel um, back in December. Right. Uh, and um, what's his name? Adam driver on screen is just like, there, there are just certain certain people that just steal steal the show with character, and they can be terrible characters, and somehow they're just they're just pulling in a way that you're you're confused why you're you're invested in them. And I think yeah. that 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 is clear with um, Woody Allen's ability not only to pair his acting with his writing, but to be able to be so endearing. When I don't know, like I I mean I was kind of taken back by the like him being with a minor i was like what is this dude like i just i i i gotta be honest like the fact that i still thought his character was um like likable with that context i i don't know i find i find um when hollywood makes a movie with like minors in a relationship i'm like this is i don't know i've been in la a lot and i've been in studios where things are said and i'm like no dude i'm just i'm not down with that i'm not into that i don't i i think that's disgusting and there's just a culture in hollywood around that stuff and so i feel weird about seeing things like that on screen and that's why i'm so shocked with woody honest because he like wrote his character that way and acted it and still was able to like win me over you know like that's impressive yeah that's impressive to me right definitely well and and i think I think there's a little bit more of a relaxed attitude, obviously in the seventies, but also just, just within the characters of the movie. Um, and I think it's, it's a little bit commenting on that. Although I, you know, I would say, uh, I would say it doesn't really consider that, um, that big of a deal, the movie in general. So, um, you know, iffy on that, but, um, but I, you know, I would say like, well, also his character is kind of going through this, this, um, this whole contemplation of like, oh my goodness, she's a kid. Like, I don't, I have no connection to her. Like, like I really like, and, you know, and, and he keeps telling her like, oh, you should have other 
um, you know, other boyfriends and whatever. And you should, you know, you shouldn't be stuck on an old guy like me and whatnot. Um, I think it, you know, I think looking back, you can see it as, as a little bit, um, I think attitudes have changed for sure since this movie. Um, but I, I do feel like it, it, it doesn't, it's not too, it's not too bad. And I would say, um, there's something, there's something about it. Like you said, that his character as sort of, um, scheming and kind of terrible as, as he is, um, he's also just, uh, a lot of fun to watch and, and extremely charming. Um, charismatic is, is like the perfect word for it. He, he just, there's something about it where you, you like him despite, you know, despite feeling like he's, he's kind of a, a terrible person. Um, but, and, you know, in, and in the same way, what, what's funny too about the movie is it works, um, on multiple, that, that sentiment is felt on multiple levels, right? Woody Allen, uh, you feel that way towards, you feel that way towards Diane Keaton's character, Mary, as well. Um, and Woody Allen feels that way towards <laughs> Diane Keaton's character as well. So it 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 has this this like triple layer element of like you l- not liking people uh, that you see on screen, but also um, you you kind of being won over by them uh, in the end. Um, do you want to talk? Let's talk a little bit about sort of that relationship. The um, you know, the Isaac and Mary, uh, relationship, I think it's, that's kind of where the, the most fun of the movie comes and where there's a, there's a bit of, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think I like the, uh, the ironic, uh, sort of bashing of like, you know, New York, uh, or East coast elite types, um, I think is just hilarious. Um, and you know, obviously like most, most of the humor comes out of, uh, joking about Mary's character, <laughs> about how she's from Philadelphia and how she, you know, is, uh, is, is super pretentious and terrible to, to be around. Um, but then as you go along and as, as sort of Woody Allen's character goes along, you definitely feel a bit, um, you, you you start to kind of lean into both of their characters a bit and and you feel their their connection and they i think they have a great on-screen chemistry as well um even though they don't they don't really get together in the end or anything but i i like i like their i like their lines and their you know their scenes together i think are really really wonderful i think they steal the show much more than like Woody Allen's character struggling with that teenage girl I yeah, I I, f- sure. I was confused why the teenage girl kept coming back, um, and I think it's just supposed to tackle some of Woody Allen's character's vices or something. Like for, it's like that self reflection of like what am I doing with myself moment, and like right? the the thought of like youth and and of being stuck where you are, yeah. um, you know, and the idea of her going away, uh, her sort of you know being almost a. Um, you know, the, her being, being this sense of like, uh, being young and getting out and, and, you know, not being stuck in the rut that Woody Allen is. Um, and then, you know, eventually he, he basically begs her to not <laughs> leave him, um, because he's, you know, stuck where he is essentially. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I thought that the, um, 
the other the other female what what's the other girl's name mary mary mary's character with isaac in on on screen i thought that was way more interesting like that love triangle that was building and i felt like the conclusion around that was a little like i i wanted to see an ending around those ideas more I, I don't know. Like, I, you're right. They definitely have great on-screen chemistry and you want to see more from them. And it's kind of cut off with, like, another... Like, his friend who was, like, cheating on his wife with her and that, that like... That guy, you don't really care about that much. Um, so and it's he's kind of stuck up and, and dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, also the point of of his character as well. So, right. I just i I felt like she. I wanted I wanted to see more moments with like her and Isaac, kind of trying to f- figure out how things are going to work, and they have they have a conclusion to their relationship. But i th- I thought her just being like, "Well, I'm just going back with the other guy." I was just like, "What?" Like. I don't know. Like I was just kind of maybe, maybe I just wasn't like a fan, but I, or the other point of the film was to more focus on Isaac being, ha- having that moment with his youth and feeling stuck. Um, I just wanted to see a conversation around growing up with the idea of like, cause he even says, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it seems like, it it felt like he was almost falling for her character first instead of her looks. And there's like a contrast with like uh, the teenage girl that he was going out with. Right. And there's something that like flourishes where he where he's like, Oh, I kind of feel like there's, there's, there's more to love with like a relationship that's clicking. They're both bantering constantly. And it's like, it's fun, you know? Um, and I wanted to see, I wanted to see more of that. And I wanted to see more of like the, um, the difficulty of like splitting from that youthful attitude to actually pursue something that's like grown up, you know, instead of it concluding with the idea of like, well, he didn't grow up and also he's just stuck, you know, I'm like, okay. You know, like I just, I, I felt like, I felt bummed there wasn't more of the, of that chemistry and the adult relationship that was like being built up around that. You know, there's something beautiful about that. I know Cameron and I have been um, dating for a while, the same girls. And it's like, there's something amazing about like you, you've been with someone for so long and it's like, I don't know. There, there's like, there's always another level you know, there's always like another level in the relationship that's growing and you just wouldn't expect that. But there's, a, there's something about like growing up and maturing where you're like, oh, there was so much more than just those first dates that I went out with those other girls. Like, you know, like when you're when you're younger and you go out with a girl a few times and, or you go out with a girl for like a few months and then it's on to the next one. It feels like you're restarting. Um, I think for the like... I think there's a maturity that comes if you, if you're in a relationship where it's like, you know, you guys have been together through so much. There's just like, it's like a deeper connection. Um, and there's something really special about that. 
And so maybe that's just my optimistic character coming through being like, well, you know, they should show some of that, like the good stuff. Um, but it doesn't really ever go there and maybe it doesn't need to. Right. I just, I was like, I feel like the, those two characters embodied an energy that I was all about. I wanted to see more of that. Right. Yeah. Well, I kind of, um, I appreciate the, the lack of, uh, well, one, I think the scenes that they're in are just perfect, uh, you know, where they are. And I, I like the fact that you kind of want a little bit more from them. Um, it, it doesn't feel like it's, it's overstayed. Um, and, you know, we should mention this movie is like 90 minutes long. So it's, it's really, um, you know, no time at all. And it feels, it feels like a great little package, a great, you know, cemented story. Um, and, you know, feels, feels, uh, fresh in all of the scenes. So, um, and I, I like that, it, that you want a little more from a little more maturity from both of the characters. Cause I think that fits in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I think, um, I almost wonder if, you know, if it's talking about the fact that, you know, maturity is, is about growing up over a long period of time. And, you know, you know, you almost can't fit that into sort of the space of, of a couple weeks or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of, I kind of like it. I know, I understand it's a little bit pessimistic, um, probably, um, not super happy necessarily, but I definitely, I feel like it, it has a good sense and it doesn't, it never feels like it, um, is, is cheap. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, mm. things, things feel very earned in the movie. Um, so I, I, I like that a lot and, and I don't, I don't mind, um, I don't mind that it doesn't have sort of a, a more optimistic outlook. I think it's, I think sort of the the slightly ironic pessimism of the movie um, is kind of what gives it its tone in a lot of ways. So, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I don't I don't I don't think that everything needs to be a happy ending. I think what is weird about this movie is that most rom-coms in, a, in the genre have an ending that's like really happy, you know, or yeah. The, yeah. The, the like at least in, in my experience watching certain certain rom-coms is that they're usually extremely lighthearted, somewhat meaningless and kind of like, you know, girl meets boy and they run off together sort of thing. Right. Um, so I, what I'm really interested about this month is that it, can we find some rom-coms that maybe break the mold or do something and are still excellent. Right. Uh, the movie that wa I want to watch with you next week, I just remember it being um, very fun and very, I, I, I don't know if it's deep, but I just remember really liking it. So I haven't seen it in a long time. It's a movie called um, About Time, and I'm excited to have you watch that, Cameron. It's probably much more positive than this film. But I really, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I think it's such a unique uh, this movie is a very unique um, film and I've, I don't know. I'm, I've definitely feel like I'm more open to Woody, Woody Allen films now after seeing this. Cause I'm like, you know, I bet you he could, he could do a lot and say a lot um, with, with his directing. I don't know that this felt like it was pretty, uh, what's the right word? Optimized. 
like it's very tight it's a very tight movie it's it's like you're right it, it definitely is punchy and it's short and i'm like i don't know where he goes from that um and if i watch his older stuff is, is it just as well put together or is it like him getting to that that point right and then is his later stuff him being experimental with his tone i don't know um so great first exposure to him as a director and an actor I'm I'm yeah. genuinely like very surprised by him, him as an actor. Um, yeah, he's no, he's he's a great actor and it, um very unique has a, has a certain like dry wit about him that you you yeah. you really like. Um yeah, I think you know, hopefully we'll be able to do a sort of um all around Woody Allen month. I'm sure uh Juzo would love that and would uh is going to chastise me about that. Oh yes. Um, but uh you know, to be fair, Juzo's like the master Woody Allen guy, and I'm kind of a pliable when it comes to his movies. So, um, you know, but we should have had him on. We should have had him on for this. I know he's gonna be surprised when this comes out. Yeah, he will. I think. I think we'll save it for when we do a a deep dive into Woody Allen for sure. Yeah, um, I'm sure that we missed so much. As, Juzo being one of our our patrons and guests and avid listeners, he will listen to this and be like, "What?" is this this is, is such a lack of meaning <laughs> honestly it feels like this this review is definitely more of like a impressions like and cameron and i were, we're definitely trying to figure out like what does this you know rom-com month even look like we're not experts in it um yeah i'm excited i'm a, i'm excited to see what you think of this this next movie we're gonna watch cameron i'm trying to think like should we do like princess diaries man that would be princess would be, diaries or princess bride you, no, Princess Diaries. I know I, you're a fan of Princess I mean, Diaries, I, dude. I love Princess Diaries, yeah. Exactly, dude. Um, so uh, when's the last stupid, time you watched it? It's a stupid movie, though. Um, uh, who knows? No, no, no. Maybe I've, it's got, actually a, I've got really an idea. Deep. I've got an idea of, of what we should do next. So I've got a couple I've got a couple things in the pipeline that we'll, we'll, okay. I've been thinking about. But yeah, we'll, well, we'll, we'll be sure to watch About Time. Um, yeah, no, I... I, I uh, like I said before, I couldn't recommend this highly enough. Oh, you know what we should do uh, before we move on? Um, let's bring it back. Uh, I, this is a terrible month to do it, but um, shot of the film. Uh, what's your What's your shot? What's your shot, man? This is a st- stunning movie, by the way. Yeah, jeez. Um, oh, it is. Uh, uh, the DP is uh, Gordon Willis. So, shot of the film. I was really just taken back by the opening 10 minutes and all of the cinematography across New York City. Um, My favorite part is when they decide to shoot on the rooftops. Is it Central Park? I think like the huge square park in uh, New York City, right? They, They have a moment where they they film on top of roofs across the park. And then it cuts to another roof on the other side where they're filming. Like it, it shows you different angles. They climb different roofs to get different angles of the park across it. I think it's just, I think it's such a stunning opening. Um, it, 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 to me, part of any part of the reason that I'd want to recommend this film is just so people would see that opening 10 minutes. It's just like a love letter to New York yeah. city. I think, Definitely. Um, well, it's, um, it's fantastic. 
I'm a huge fan of the sequence where they're walking through the museum. I don't know what museum they're in, but um, mm. they're they're walking through the museum and there's the planetary stuff going on. And it, you know, oh, it looks like yes, they're walking yes. on the moon. And it's just like, it is insanely gorgeous. Like, yeah, some of the best stuff I've ever seen. Um, there is, there, now that you mentioned that, there are so many moments in this film that are interestingly and engagingly shot. Um, there's a scene in his apartment early on in the film with the teenage girl. She's chilling on the couch and it's very wide, but she's having a conversation with uh, Woody yeah, Allen yeah. and he's like coming down the stairs. But like you don't see like they, they play a lot with the framing in this movie. And similarly, when you brought up a museum, there's another scene where he's in the museum and they recognize his friend, but you don't know who it is at first. And he's hiding behind the wall. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they they turn around. They're like, oh, hey, and the camera specifically doesn't show who it is. And you're like, who is it? Who is it? Like as an audience member, you're you're already like drawn into that moment because you're like, wait, but who is that? You know, it's like suddenly like little moments of reengagement with um, clever framing. It's it's um, it's it's really cool. I think the yeah, you know, the cinematography. So was a I want driving you, element. I want you to I want you to guess. Since we were talking about the cinematography, Gordon Willis, I already mentioned his name. Mm-hmm. Um, what other movies in this decade, two specifically that I can think of, uh, did Gordon Willis do? This was 1979 that this movie came out. Um, so in the 70s, two movies that we've seen on this show. Hmm. I, I mean, you're yelling. asking. You're asking the wrong person. You're yes, asking the wrong camera. What do what, you think? I'm going to name a cinematographer off the I'm top just, of my oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just seeing if you could maybe guess. You know, there's lots of low-key lighting, lots of, you know, contrasty, shadowy stuff. Um, it's about a godfather. Um, <laughs> I mean, like I was going to say, after you said contrasty light, I was like, oh, is it the godfather? Yeah. I was going to ask, is it in... Wait, did he shoot more stuff in New York City? Because it feels like some of the way that this movie's filmed is definitely like a native behind the camera, you know? Um, yeah. And The Godfather is in New York, right? Uh, the first one, kind of? Yeah, I guess so. I guess some yeah. parts in New York, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know so. what, what year... Uh, this is probably very wrong, but... Um, what year did Mean Streets come out? Um, mean Streets came out in 71, I think. 70, yeah. 72, 70. Or like Taxi taxi Driver. He didn't shoot any of those, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. Good guess. Well, Close uh, enough, I guess. <laughs> yes. There we go. I saw New York and they, therefore, he, he, he was, he shot stuff in New York in other movies. <laughs> that was my best guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am the ape in that in that classroom <laughs> in this movie. Uh, All right. Well, uh that was yeah, no more trivia, Cameron. You know I'm not going to know the answer. I know, the, but the it's point fun. of the show it's is fun. that you know things, not me. <laughs> you need to give me the trivia question so I can ask you cuz feel even smarter, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Like we can't do that. That's cheating. <laughs> All right, Cameron, off the top of your head. Yeah. Here we go. I'm going to come up with trivia off the top of your okay. head. <laughs> uh, who 
Hugh did the cinematography for the first two Harry Potter movies. The first two. Um, it's a good question. I'm not sure. I don't even know either. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Well, because oh, they had the same director, right? Yeah, Chris Columbus was the director. Uh, I don't know who shot those first two movies. Um, Would it be a DP? Yeah, cinematographer, director, photographer, something like that. Well, we're we're looking it up. <laughs> <coughs> oh, of course, Eduardo uh, Sarah Serrera. I don't know how to say that. He's a Portuguese uh, cinematographer. No, what are you talking about? It's John Seal. I'm sorry, that was the Deadly Hollows, Deathly Hollows, Part One. <laughs> no, John Seal. Well, is I the... typed in Harry Potter One <laughs> cinematographer. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pick the wrong franchise. John, John Seal. Also, like, interestingly, the dir- mm-hmm. the DP for Mad Max Fury Road. Didn't know that, but whoa, good, good deal. Um, nice. Anyways, we're we're moving on. We're moving on. Yeah, I think we're wrapping up, Cameron. I'm it's like time. ready to go to sleep, and I have a lot more work to do. It's time to go to sleep. It's time to yeah. I don't even know how I'm going to get this posted tonight. If you listen on Tuesday night to this episode when we posted it, just know I don't know how I put it together in mm. time. So, mm. um, you text Isaac and congratulate him. Congratulate. I don't know. That means you'd be texting me at like 3 a.m. or something. <laughs> you know, we waited for it to post at midnight and yeah. sit through it, maybe take a break. I don't know. Um, cool, Cameron. That's the end of the show. This has been laid back. I'm hoping to have way more energy in the future episodes. Um, this is just, this is my life right now. You're on video. Yeah, this is my too. life. Just tons of boxes. Chaos. Good luck, by out. the way, with the, like, setting up your room and, you know, the move and whatnot. Sorry I wasn't there to, to help you, um, no, that week, no, no. but. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a thing. It's been a lot of work, but the, um. It, I get a bed frame on Friday, so hopefully I can store stuff underneath it. That's he's that's sleeping my on a hope. mattress under the on the floor on the floor, just like a child, um, or someone in a crack house. What child? <laughs> what are you? Are these child's orphans? Like what are you talking? What are you talking about? Most children have a bed frame. I would hope even you know, orphans have bed frames. Train spotting. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Yikes! All right, well, uh, that will wrap it up. We 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 try to post every Monday, so we'll see if we can do that again. Thank you guys for listening, and have a good one. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers Darren O'Neill for supporting the show, and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com/ECFSProductions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you, great listeners. So we thank you for all your kindness and support.